Hi, everybody. Welcome to Fuel Radio. My guest today is Tyler Christensen. I'll just read your introduction here a little bit, just run through it really quick. Tyler Christensen is an author, speaker, teacher, entrepreneur, and family man. Uh, Last year, Tyler lost 103 pounds. He wrote and published two books, refinished his basement, and landscaped his yard, created websites for actors and professional athletes, started a podcast, launched a YouTube channel, and ran two marathons. And then his bio says that's just what he did in his uh, spare time. Uh, (laughs) He's a teacher. Are Are you... currently teaching Tyler uh yeah well I mean we're on summer break right now but I mean I'm being back in the classroom here in the next week or so okay right on yeah things are probably yeah your your things are getting going again yeah uh you've written a book unlocking the power of transformation we'll talk about that in a minute and uh if you want to check out Tyler at all and I'm just going to copy this here you can you can see, you can find out more about him at tylerchristensen.com. I'm going to put that in the show and the notes right now or in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So hopefully people won't leave us or if they do, they'll, <laughs> I hope they come back. <laughs> see you later, guys. Bye-bye. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. And actually, so it's funny when you read that bio because it sounds like I'm doing a lot of things that we actually connected a little over a year ago. So that bio is a year old. And it's funny because in the last year, it's been a completely different year this year. So I'm doing different things and, you know, all those old things are true, but but yeah. we're on to new and, and different things now. So <laughs> what stands out to you? What are some new <clears throat> and different things that aren't on the list? Yeah, so about a year ago, after I'd lost all that weight, um, I was getting some attention, so I, I started doing some speaking. And so I uh, got a TED Talk and finished my book that, that you mentioned um, and started doing a lot more of that the, the speaking kinds of things. Um, in addition to the marathon, I ran a double marathon, so I did a 52.4-mile marathon, um, ran all night long. It was two marathons back-to-back. And so I did that. And then it's funny because usually after a a big weight loss, you want to hear, well, did they keep the weight off? And and I'll have to admit, I actually put on 30 pounds this last year, uh, Uh, but my body fat percentage went down 7%. So I'm way healthier in the the last year, but I actually gained 40 pounds of muscle. Oh, excellent. That's good. (laughs) I didn't think you were going that direction, but I I thought maybe you were. So actually, someone said to me this morning, do you know what COVID the 19 and COVID-19 stands for. Maybe you the, heard that. The weight, yeah. yeah. The 19 pounds, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I've actually lost 19 pounds since COVID. So I put on a lot of uh, muscle over the winter months, and then over the summer, I took some of that weight back off. So I'm about back where I was uh, this time last year at about 100 pounds lost. Were you lifting, or how did you put the muscle on? Yeah, mostly lifting here at home. Um, yeah. I, You know, when I was losing the weight, it was mostly just a lot of running. Um, and you know, 90% of the weight loss is diet. And so that was how I lost the weight. But um, uh, about six months ago, I started hitting the weights. I wanted to see if I could, because I'd taken my body fat percentage from 40% down to 22% in that year. So I'd made a huge mm-hmm. gains, but yeah. I wanted to see if I could get that lower and cardio just wasn't doing it for me anymore. So um, I'm still running. I run 30 to 40 miles a week, but I started go, uh, hitting the weights a little harder and got that from 22% down. I'm right around 15% now. Fantastic. Yeah. I think if I'm correct, like 2021 is kind of the 
where you want to be uh, not where you not the perfect number but that's where it it's healthy to be healthy yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Yep. right on yeah good for you do you enjoy weights i i kind of have a love-hate relationship no i don't like lifting <laughs> weights at all um i i like setting goals though and i like yeah. checking boxes and so when i have a, a lifting schedule and i can record it on a log there's some satisfaction in that but the actual process of lifting i hate it <laughs> back in the 2000s there was a book uh body for life oh no it was probably in the yeah i remember that one and so I, I did a few rounds of it and it was interesting because I, I'm probably like you, I actually kind of enjoy cardio, you know, I would just do mm -hmm. cardio all the time. But, um, you know, this guy actually, the author suggests that you can lose weight through, through weightlifting and very little cardio. You might do 20 minutes a day at, at right. the most and changing your diet. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it worked for me. Like, yeah, you know, I, I, I got stronger and. The, the thing I, I, I like about weights, I don't know about you, but I find that it's great for kind of those um, emergencies or things that you don't expect. So, you know, helping someone move. <laughs> right. I think before I weight li uh, uh, lifted weights, uh, I, I would go help someone move or do something like that and be really sore the next day. Mm -hmm. Whereas I found while I'm in the midst of lifting weights consistently, uh I don't, I don't have that problem at all. I'm not sore the next day and, and, and don't get as tired of helping them do those kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. And you, and you can do more. I like being able to lift more because it actually helps with a lot of things, not just moving things around the house, but it, it's nice to be strong. So I, I do enjoy that. So that's great that you've kept the weight off. Was that always kind of in the back of your mind that you're, you're not going to be one of the, I mean, you look great. Thanks. Is that always one of the <laughs> things that's in the back of your mind that I, I'm going to lose this weight, but I'm, I'm not going to be one of those people. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I lost the weight, so I've been obese my whole adult life. Um, I was over 300 pounds a couple of years ago mm -hmm. and I'd watch shows like the biggest loser and you hear the stories, you know, none of them keep the weight off. They lose yeah. it and then they get even bigger after the show and stuff like that. So I was definitely afraid of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that might even be some part of the reason that I didn't try to well, I've always tried to lose weight, but didn't really put forth a, a full effort before because I was afraid I'd just bounce back. So I thought, well, let's just do really small things to get healthier. And so I was living even at 300 pounds. I, I had run a marathon at that size. I was wow. eating relatively healthy. Um, now, there were a lot of things about food that I didn't understand. So in my weight loss journey, I did a ton of research. And I and so I understand my body better now and, and how it reacts to food and and things like that. But I felt like I was living a healthy lifestyle before. Um, but as I've lost the weight, that has been the thing. You know, I didn't lose it really super fast, even though I lost 100 pounds in a year, it was consistent through the year. And then in the year that since then, where I've maintained and actually gotten even healthier, it's just been doing little tweaks here and there. And, and the decision is always, is this something you can do 20 years from now, 30 years from now? And if not, don't waste your time with it. I'm, I'm more mm. interested in a healthy lifestyle than just losing a few pounds. Right on. I love that. I love that philosophy of a, of a healthy lifestyle. It's great. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, because I just think otherwise, if it's just diet, then you go from diet to diet. <laughs> right. And that, that, that has pretty, uh, that doesn't have the greatest effects on your, on your body either. 
No, what well, it's, yeah, oh, go ahead. I, it's just crazy to look at what diets have been popular even in the last 10, 20 years. And we find yeah. out that we were doing things that are, were crazy. But even you go back 50, 60 years and, you know, the really popular diet was smoking, you know, and <laughs> if you smoke a cigarette, you'll lose weight. And we've gone through fads and trends like that that now are ridiculous. But at the time, that's what everyone was doing. That's what modern medicine said to do. Yeah. So it's it's dangerous to get caught up in fad diets. Yeah. I like that you said you did the research. So what did you find and what 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 worked for you or what is working for you? It's obviously yeah. still working for you, nutrition-wise. You know, yeah. I, so a few simple things that, um, and, and I didn't see this just in the research, but as I started implementing, I realized that a lot of the healthy things that I just never ate before because they're disgusting, you know, water has no flavor, salad is gross, things like that. <laughs> I didn't realize that once I got rid of a lot of processed foods and sugar from my diet, that your taste actually changed. So salads aren't gross anymore. I actually really enjoy salads. I love drinking water. I'll drink like two gallons a day. Mm. And so it's some of those things um, by getting rid of sugar, by getting rid of processed foods. And I did a lot of experimenting with other things, especially when it comes to gut health and inflammation. So mm. I tried going off dairy for a while. I tried going off fruit for a while. I tried going... Um, you know, giving up breads and pastas. And what I found was that my body responds to certain things and not to others. And so like if I compare my body to my wife's body, for example, um, she gets really inflamed with dairy and my body doesn't react to dairy at all. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, but with bread, I, my body inflames and it holds on to that water and things like that. And so it's learning kind of why that happens uh, and then just tweaking your diet so that you can, I still want to have, you know, sweets from time to time. I still want to, I, I still have cheeseburgers and pizza regularly. You know, I want to have normal people foods, mm -hmm. but just understanding that if I have certain foods at certain times, it's going to have certain effect on my body. And I don't count calories. I'm not real strict with things, but I know how I feel. And so the research was learning what foods I should try and test out. And then the other half of that was, well, how does my body react? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I am really interested in this. I, I just want to ask you another question about uh, nutrition because mm -hmm. um, I, I recently made a change and I, I've been experimenting. I went to the doctor and my, uh, my cholesterol was high. So I thought I was being pretty healthy, uh, probably 15 pounds overweight above mm -hmm. what, I, what I would like to be at. And... Um, yeah, my cholesterol was high, so they immediately wanted to put me on medication. Hmm. <laughs> and I was like, no, there's... I, I'd already been researching kind of whole plant food uh, way of eating. and Right. And um, I just thought, no, in the back... I actually said, just give me a... I'll, I'll take them, but I, I, I want a few months here to see what I can do. So I'm in, the, I'm in, I'm in almost at the end of month one <laughs> of eating pretty much raw vegan so far. Wow, cool. How's it going? It's going good. Um, yeah, I was just thinking today. I immediately noticed my, and, and this often happens when I get, when I let my weight go a little bit, I, mm -hmm. I notice it in my breathing. And my breathing within the first week just really got easier. Mm. And, um, you know, I've lost, I've lost those 15 pounds almost. I'm two away okay. i think i'm at i've lost 13 or just and and quite steadily so over the course of a month i think that's pretty good to it wasn't oh, yeah. like in a week i lost 
12 pounds or whatever. It's been uh, 12 pounds over, over 30 days. And I think my mood and my energies just really, really leveled off. There's no, there's no crashes and I can, I can just go longer. Like I'm still, because it, it actually takes a lot of effort to do raw vegan, I found out. Yeah. <laughs> you you got to think about it all the time, a lot of chopping. And I mean, COVID has helped since I'm at ho- working from home. You know, I have the time to do it. So, right. yeah, it's it's going good. So what, what was the biggest, were you on, like when you were 300 pounds, were you on medication at the time? What else was going on at that in terms of your health? No, I'm like you. I, I don't like medication. If I can avoid it, I do. Um, yeah. The only medication I've had is I, I have a foot condition. And so especially when I was doing heavy cardio, um, I went to a bunch of different doctors and they prescribed a bunch of different things. None of them made much of a difference. And mm-hmm. so now I just run in pain. Um, but yeah. Uh, I tried things out to to cope with the pain, um, and that's really the only medication I've had over the last year um, um, or several years. Um, when I was at 300 pounds, I wasn't even pre-diabetic or anything like that. Often when you're that obese, it's expected that you're diabetic, and I wasn't. Yeah. Um, a lot of my other markers, I think because I was still active and still trying to eat healthy, um, my, my blood pressure, my cholesterol weren't like totally horrible considering my size. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a lot of inflammation and, and carrying a lot of extra weight. So, um, yeah, I didn't have medication and I I'm grateful cause I, I hate putting things into my body that I don't have to even supplements. I'm really careful with supplements. How did you feel <laughs> after you did that marathon at that weight? How did you feel after that one compared to <laughs> your, your marathon at a more healthy weight? Yeah. What, so I, the, the, the heaviest I did a marathon, I was 285 and I did grandma's marathon um, in Minnesota, which is kind of one of the more famous marathons, but it's it's a nice marathon because it's mostly downhill. And I did it because I wanted to train and I was trying to lose weight actually. And in the training, I gained another 10, 15 pounds because I was eating extra food to compensate for all the cardio I was doing. I, I was hungry all the time because I was doing all this cardio. Mm-hmm. And so I actually gained weight while I trained. Um, but when I ran that, as you would expect for someone who's morbidly obese, I, it was just so hard to breathe. And so mm. I would have to take stops, not because my body couldn't handle it, like physically the exercise, but because my lungs couldn't handle it. I couldn't breathe enough. And so I would have to walk, um, you know, every few miles, at least for a block or two to get my wind back. And then I would go. Um, I don't have that issue anymore. In fact, running is so effortless. You know, when you talk to distance runners, they talk about the runner's high when you kind of get into that zone and it just feels good. I feel that a lot now. And so I I love running. In fact, just before this interview, um, me and my son went out in the heat of the day because we've been camping. So we didn't go this morning, Uh, but we just did a quick 5K in in 95 degrees. And it felt great, you know, even in the heat of the day, um, it, it was just nice to get out with him. I finally talked him into running. Actually, it's because he's old enough that he likes girls and he's trying to impress them. Um, <laughs> but he but he'll go running with me now. So it, it was really fun to head out with him today. That's great. Did you ever think you'd see the day where you just go out? It sounds like you just went out and did it for fun. Like you just went out and did a 5K yeah. and, and had a good time with your son. Well, and it is fun because a 5K for me, that's, you know, that's called an off day. That means I'm not really running that day. Three mm-hmm. miles is, is doesn't count as a workout. And so, yeah, you know, amazing. normally on the weekends, I'm doing a 10, 13 miler or something like that. So 
um, it's fun to just go out and hit a few miles. What a change. Yeah. You know, ever since we spoke last time, I often talk about you and I know that one of the, um, you know, there's been a lot of studies done on uh, the effectiveness of having a partner or having mm-hmm. somebody do, a, you know, go on a weight loss journey with you. And, um, and it's just shown, like if you have a coach or a friend or a family member that joins you, how yeah. much more effective that is. And I just think if you wouldn't mind just saying a little bit more about that, because I, I know that your, your wife was quite influential. Yeah. I mean, so she's the reason she sat me down when I was over 300 pounds and had like an intervention. Um, (laughs) And, and so we talked about it. She talked about how nervous she was because of my health and me leaving her as a single mom because I would die prematurely. And, and she had reason for concern. I mean, I was definitely headed that direction. Um, But she's always been very healthy. Um, she's super attractive. And so uh, why she stayed with me, I'm not sure, but I'm grateful. And, and when we had this conversation, she said, whatever you try to do, I'll try to do it with you. And so she was my accountability partner. I would report to her and tell her how things were going. I also started shooting videos just for myself, but to, to log what was happening. So I had that kind of accountability that I check in from week to week. Um, and she has continued, we've continued to work on things together. She hates running. So we don't do a lot of training together, but we go walking together every day, sometimes two or three times a day. And we're, we're, you know, working on our health as a family, finding healthy things to eat that our kids enjoy, stuff like that. And so I, I really don't know if I could have done this on my own. Um, it, it has been a team effort and I'm so grateful for for the accountability partner, but also for someone who, who believes in me. That's great. I know with my wife, I don't think she was very happy on two levels <laughs> in my recent switch here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, not, you know, not taking the doctor's advice and not taking the medication. Right, right. And then, you know, and that's out of care and concern. And two, she loves like red meat. She loves steak and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> But you know she's she's um, she's been great. She's been she's she's been supportive, and uh, she's she hasn't eaten very much meat at all. I think maybe only two or three times in the last month. So she's really wow. cut back herself, and she's managed to lose a couple pounds as well. So, huh, that's cool. Not not that weight loss is our total goal, but it's just a nice a nice byproduct. Yeah, yeah, right on. Um, so your book. Um, the power of transformation. I, I know it hasn't been released, and maybe for various reasons that that you don't want to talk about. But did that book come out of? It sounds like it's ready to go. Yeah, it is. Did, did that book come out of your lessons? It probably came out of some research, but did that also come out of your lessons in losing the the weight that you lost? Yeah, you know that this book. I, I've written a few other books, but this book has been the funnest and most rewarding book because. It's it's part memoir. It has stories about things that I've done in my life and things that I've tried where we've transformed things. So one of those stories is my weight loss journey. Mm-hmm. Another story is we talk about transforming houses. We flipped a few houses and, and made hundreds of thousands of dollars um, remodeling and doing things like that. And so I talk about that and I talk about a few other things, uh, experiences I've had with transformation. And that's just the first part of the book. The second part of the book is unlocking the secret for that. And so I have a five-step process of how each of these transformations have followed the same model. Um, the reason we put it on hold is I did a big project this summer that we can talk about later. Um, and I wanted to include, I, I use that as a t- 
uh, case study. So I used the same five steps to do this new project uh, and have had phenomenal success with it. And so I wanted to include that as kind of like an epilogue on here's me doing it one more time going through the steps after the book was already written. So um, that's not why it was put on hold. The book was put on hold because I had a TED talk. And, and so I pivoted getting ready for the TED talk and, and delayed the release of the book. Um, but now I'm, I've been doing some uh, editing in, in post-production just so I can include uh, this kind of epilogue. Hmm. Is your TED talk out? Was that was that has that been released? No, but that's a fun part of my story. My <laughs> TED talk was scheduled for San Francisco, March thirteenth, okay. and, and you're probably don't not familiar with the day to day of COVID, but that was the day that things shut down um, oh, almost wow. across the country. So I was at the air or heading to the airport to fly mm -hmm. to San Francisco when I got the call we're canceling, um, <laughs> and so. I didn't give the TED talk and probably won't. It, it wasn't one that was rescheduled. Um, and so yeah. that the TED talk did talk about my, my health uh, journey and it was really fun to prepare for it. And I actually, that day, since it was canceled, I just called up a local school and said, hey, do you wanna hear a TED talk? I'm in the area. <laughs> and, and I ended up going to two different schools. I had someone come in and record it. So I threw that up on YouTube. So if you wanna see my TED talk, uh, you just have to search for my almost TED talk uh, and my name, and you can watch it. So it's up there. Okay, my almost TED Talk. Great. I'll put it in the show notes if I can find it. Cool. <laughs> or maybe you can send me the link. Yeah. Yeah, right on. Um, so just going back to, to transformation, I, I'm really mm -hmm. interested in that. You know, there, I think there's um, a lot of people are resistant to change. And so I guess they're re resistant to transformation. You know, <laughs> right. And, and you probably find that, too. What, what do you what do you find is one of the biggest reasons why people are resistant to change in the first place? Uh, tradition and culture, mm -hmm. you know, we do what's comfortable. And so unless you have some uh, motivating factor to make you change, like my wife intervening uh, with me, it, it's not likely that we'll just randomly make a change on our own, that we're just not wired to do that as human beings. Um, now, a lot of people are very goal oriented, and so they're looking to gradually change over time, but making just a radical transformation in your life, usually there's a reason for that. So if you're looking at weight loss, or if you're looking at, at writing your first book, or if you're looking at changing careers, it's not usually something that you just decide spur of the moment, seat of your pants, oh, I'm just going to radically change this part of my life. Usually there's a reason for it. So maybe this would be a good way to talk about your newest project. Um, you said you applied these principles to uh, the virtual school assembly, which is a really cool idea. And um, interestingly enough, just in my last uh, podcast episode with uh, Desiree Dupuy, she runs an organization called Ruben Shoes, which is a nonprofit for education. Hmm. And um, they have this annual Ruben's Ruckus it's a an annual event that it's kind of like tough mutter for kids. Oh, cool! And uh, you know because of COVID they couldn't do it, so they went they went online with it. They, so they're having a virtual Ruben's ruckus, and I mean <laughs> lots of people have had to to pivot. And um, so just tell us a little bit about virtual school assembly and what it is, and then uh, maybe we could discuss it 
in, in how you applied some of your transformational principles. Sure. To yeah. yeah. Um, so what happened is in March when my TED talk was canceled, uh, that same week, it was my spring break. That's when I can go do a lot of speaking because I'm not in the classroom and I'm, I have a more flexible schedule. So that week I'd arranged to give my TED talk at the end of the week. And leading up to that, I was speaking at an education conference and then I had four uh, school assemblies. And so the week was full with speaking and I found that I really love speaking. I love being on the stage and sharing my message. And so, you know, I'd been excited for this week for, for months leading up to it. And then everything shut down and I was really bummed out. Um, you know, I was stranded for a while because I had things canceling while I was traveling and doing these engagements. So I, I end up heading home and kind of sulked for a while, had a bowl of ice cream, you know, <laughs> And then I decided, I, I guess I just realized, you know, if this is hard for me and, and then getting used to teaching from home and working with my students from home, I, I figured if it's hard for me, it's probably just as hard or harder for my students. And so I started thinking about what can I do to serve my students better? And when we're in school like normal, um, if you're having a hard time or if you need a break from something, an assembly is a great way to do that. You bring in an outside speaker or you do something fun as a class. It's just a way of changing things up. So I was thinking about how to kind of have an assembly, have a special moment with my class. And then I watched um, a guy on YouTube. His name's David Rendall. And he did something called Bed Talks where he's a, a professional speaker and everything was canceled for him. And he said, well, if I can't share my message on a big stage, I'll just share it from my bed. So when he woke up each morning in his pajamas, he would just record a quick message. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I thought, well, that's kind of fun that you can still do things virtually. And so I, I married those ideas and decided to put together a virtual assembly for my students. So I, I called in some favors. Um, I talked to one of my friends in Hollywood. I called a, a professional uh, basketball player in the NBA that I know. And I asked him if they just do these quick assemblies for my students where it would be kind of a short message. <clears throat> then we do an interview, like a Q&A kind of thing. So I tried it out. We did a handful of them. I reached out to some other speakers and we ended up doing one every single day till school got out. So I, I released 50 episodes and it became just this thing that revitalized me because, um, you know, I would wake up at four o'clock to help my students and, and do everything for class. And then from like nine o'clock till lunchtime, I'd help my children at home because they needed extra help with school. And then the afternoons, I'd already done all my work for the day. And so that's when I could be more creative. And so I started doing outreach using uh, social media, LinkedIn and, and connecting with people. And pretty soon it ballooned. So this summer, um, it's kind of blown up and I've done 150 episodes um, and put them into queue. So next year we have two or three episodes every week already set. So for the next whole school year, there'll be two or three episodes and it's just cool people. You know, I've had Academy Award nominees in, in Hollywood come on. I've had about a dozen Olympians, including several gold medal winners, um, mm. professional athletes in almost every sport. And, and so we're getting the kids, uh, the people that kids want to hear from. And they're just sharing these short messages and then we're doing an interview with them and it's stuff relevant to COVID. You know, how can I take care of my physical health when I'm stuck at home? How can I deal with the anxiety and depression I'm going through? How can I develop a new skill or try a new thing? And so we're addressing these topics um, with some of the coolest people in the world, honestly. And so it's just been uh, a fun thing that, you know, has kept me totally busy this summer. So everything was put on hold, you know, including the book and, and other things. But 
uh, that's what's been keeping me busy. Right on. Um, if I had a producer, this would be seamless. But what, what do you think about like they're listed on your YouTube channel? Is that right? The the virtual school assembly. Yeah. Yeah. So I created a new YouTube channel for it. It's just called virtual school assembly. So if you search in YouTube for virtual yeah. school assembly, it'll pop up and there's 50 episodes up right now. Okay. I'm going to go there. Can you see that on your screen? Yep. There's... Yep. That's the okay. place. If we play like one or two minutes of one of these, what would you what would you suggest? Yeah, so let's scroll. One of the first ones I loved, and it it, it starts out really great. So go to the bottom, and okay. I think it's episode like number three. So okay. actually, click on the home button here. Okay. And it it'll be one of the uh, at the top. Not that one. You can pause the intro. So just scroll down, <laughs> and at the far right of that first row, um, this one developing a mindset. No, no, nope. this one. So the top row, above outside your comfort zone, the one above that with the leadership, the magic of leadership. Okay. I love that one. So it's a magician that comes on and he talks about how to be a leader yeah. by using magic. And I, I love it. It starts out pretty solid too. So you okay. can play part let's, of that. Let's do the opening of this one. Today, we're so pleased to welcome to our virtual stage, Curtis Zimmerman. He's a sought after speaker and the best-selling author of Life at Performance Level. Now, Curtis has presented his life-changing message to over a million people all over the world, which is crazy considering he started his career as an award-winning mime, so he wasn't <laughs> speaking at all. He's been performing, entertaining, and inspiring audiences for over 25 years. You can see I've lost a few so pounds since then. Yeah. <laughs> our stage. Thanks for being here, Curtis. Absolutely excited to be here. Hello, everyone. I hope you are ready to have a great day and rock and roll. I have some things I want to share with you. Let's start first. Go find a coin. Get a coin somewhere. Quarter, dime, nickel, doesn't matter. But go get it right. Whoops. Now. <laughs> oh, that's probably me. We had some. Go hiccups, get it right now. Okay. Okay. Once you have a coin, I want to just tell you that what I'm going to do today is I'm going to teach you a magic trick. Now this is called a coin roll. That's where the coin just rolls across your fingers. Isn't that cool? I always say, if it's good enough to do it with one, if you practice enough, you can get mastery. This is a great time to get mastery of things. Practice things for hours and hours, because if you do one, with enough practice, you can actually do two. All right, let's get straight to the magic trick. All I want you to do is keep your eye on the coin. There we go. See how it just disappeared and came right back? Let me just do it again real, real slow motion this time. It disappears. Comes right back. I'll move back so you can just watch it. This time I can throw it up in the sky. And it comes right back. So let me teach you how to do that. Very simple. You take <laughs> Great. A I'll stop it there. Yeah. So the That's cool it. thing about this um, episode is he shows a few tricks. And then he talks about how important it is to when you learn new things to share it with the world and to share it with your friends and, mm. and things like that. And it, his message was really cool. Plus, then he links to his channel where he shows you how to do tons of magic tricks. So during quarantine, it gave kids something to do. They could learn these magic tricks. I, I love the episode um, yeah. because it, it gives kids something to do. I didn't look at the numbers, but has it been a, a relatively popular one compared to some of the other? Yeah, you know, because we started so late in the school year, all the numbers are, are relative. It has a few hundred views, but sure. um what I expect to have happened, we've started to get news coverage. Uh, we'll be um, actually on the news this next week. We've had some articles written about us. So I'm hopeful that when school starts, teachers are going to know about this platform, be able to use it. And then, then we'll see a bump in the numbers. But right now, uh, you know, there's just not a lot of traffic because we're not in school. Yeah. 
are, are some of these people people that would typically do a school assembly or are they just have a message to share? Our yeah, place, er, early on, there were a lot of speakers um, who, you know, I was just trying to find warm bodies. And so I was getting a lot of people who wanted to be professional speakers that had kind of not weren't very pro polished and, and seasoned. So in season one, those first 50 episodes, there's a few incredible ones. The first episode was Judson Lipley, who did the first viral video, The Evolution of Dance. And mm -hmm. he's he's a seasoned professional speaker. He's really good. Um, and we had a handful like that. And then, of course, we had a handful of professional athletes and celebrities. Um, but then things really took off from them because people liked the idea and they started sharing it. And so then now I turn people away all the time. Every day I get requests to be on the platform so I can be much pickier. Mm -hmm. And then getting a few big names. You know, I had um, Ross Katz, who was a nominee for In the Bedroom and Lost in Translation. He's a, a big time Hollywood producer. And once I told people that he'd been on the show, then tons of Hollywood actors wanted to be on, you know, and so I'm even turning away people from Hollywood. I'm turning away. Last week, I turned away two people from the NFL. So wow. it's it's really grown on as far as prestige. Now, the numbers don't reflect that. They're they're not huge numbers yet as far as sure, downloads. Sure. But um, it has turned into a cool platform to be able to share a message, whether you're a professional speaker or not. People want to help kids right now. So. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of support. Yeah. The numbers will come. Like, I think it's a great idea. I think if you remain consistent at it and putting out, keep uh, putting out a good product, the numbers will come and yeah. getting some press won't hurt either. Right. Um, what, so you're turning people away. What are your criteria for, for doing it? Well, right now, so I have a little bit of a vetting system. If if you want to to do it, if you're a big name and I want you on the show, I just put put you through and we schedule it. <laughs> yeah. um, but if I don't know anything about you, the what I'm having the speakers do is they have to watch a few episodes first to mm -hmm. understand what the platform's like. They have to give me kind of an outline of what their message will be. So what are they going to share about? Mm -hmm. um, and then in some cases, I usually don't do pre-calls where they like walk through it. But in some cases, if I'm interested um, or if they're really anxious to get on the platform, we'll do a call in advance just so we can hear kind of what their message is. I, I make sure they're not a crazy person or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so that's what's working. But honestly, right now, as far as turning people away, I'm just I don't have slots anymore. And so I say, mm -hmm. OK, I'll put you on the wait list for season three, but it won't be till next year that I can record. So right. um, next week's my last week of recording. It kind of reminds me of Ted a little bit, you know, they don't take just any, everyone and there there's a lot of work going that goes into a Ted talk. Right. And uh, so, yeah, that's great. It's probably and you're speaking to children as well. So that's uh, a huge consideration. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I actually I view this as almost Ted talk for kids, because mm. while there are youth events in Ted, yeah. Something that I've always wanted as a teacher is TED Talks specifically for kids for when I have extra time in the classroom or if I want to talk on a particular topic, have mm -hmm. a speech in that area. And this has given me that platform now where I have these videos that I can use if I need. I've wanted this for years. And so um, it's nice to kind of have something like TED for kids. And, and honestly, as a speaker, I think that's why a lot of uh, speakers are interested in getting on the platform because it's mm -hmm. almost like, practicing your TED talk before you try to take it to the big stage. So I think a lot of people are testing out their material. Uh, actually, I know that because a few professional speakers have said, I haven't done a virtual presentation before. I want to try it on yours. And then they get a $10,000 keynote the next week because they've practiced it and reached out and said, this is what I'm capable of. So I've heard a few stories like that. Hmm. 
Yeah, it's a super interesting concept. Now, I, I, what's going through my mind is just thinking about when I was younger and some of the speakers that I heard. I mean, I grew up in a religious setting, so um, you know there were some t- speakers that were super impactful on my life at that sure. time. And then um, my dad was into the motivational scene as well, so hearing some of those um, speakers as well, there I got a hold of. A Les Brown tape at one time and just listen to that oh. over and over again. It was so good. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, you could have a really fantastic impact on the lives of some some, some children, you know? Yeah, some yeah. kids. That's yeah, great. and potentially some speakers as well, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, true. That's true. You could launch some, <laughs> you might launch the next viral TED Talk, who knows? TED speaker, who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um so one things one of the things we talked about earlier was how to applying the principles of transformation to this yeah. process. So, so let's let's play with that a little bit. How did you Yeah, do that? so the first step, so I use the acronym power, so it's unlocking the power of transformation. And so we've got P O W E R. And the P is picking the right transformation. And mm. seeing where there's a need, seeing where there's something that you can actually do make a change in the world, whether it's your own world, your own life, or make a difference for other. And, and for me, that mindset piece, the, the developing and, and going through that, that was critical in the beginning is having mm-hmm. a long-term plan, even from the beginning. So as I was reaching out to my friends and, and trying things out, you know, we just watched a clip from the third episode and it wasn't horrible, you know, even with the post-production and, and doing the B-roll on the intro and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's not just something I threw together. I had a plan because I picked the right transformation. I knew what kind of transformation I wanted my students to go through in watching these videos. And so I was able to set it up in a way that was sustainable. And that's why it's grown. You know, it wasn't just 20 episodes and done like most podcasts will be or most YouTube videos. Um, it, it has some legs behind it because I picked the right thing. Um, and so I, I think that's important. The, the second step in, in the power acronym O is organization and organizing a plan. And that so that goes hand in hand with picking the right thing and then outlining what are you going to do? And, and I was very strategic. You know, when when people see the guest list that I have, they're very impressed, but they don't realize that, you know, I went from a year ago. I had 300 connections in LinkedIn and now I have 10,000 connections in LinkedIn. Right. And most of that's my outreach. I was mm. approaching people and connecting. And of the 150 guests I've had on the show, I've invited thousands and, wow. and I've had <laughs> even hundreds that signed up and we got through and either decided not to run their episode or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's been a lot of work. And so from the very beginning, I had a, you know, a very thought out sequence of how I'm going to approach people. I have scripts that I used in the approach, you know, mm-hmm. almost like a sales funnel where mm-hmm. I would go through that and, and having that organization was really critical. And when you think about any kind of transformation, if you don't have a long-term plan, even if you see short-term gains, we see this with health all the time, you might lose five pounds this week and gain 10 next week. Yeah. And so it's about having that long-term plan that's so critical. Yeah, great. Yeah. So you're so, O, you want to share it? You want me to go through the whole thing? So sure, w- keep going, keep yeah. going. Yeah, <laughs> no, so this is great. W is work yeah. uh, and, and hard work is the key to any transformation. It's about being consistent, and being willing to put in the work. Um, and so that's the, the success of virtual school assembly. You know, when, again, if you see that the outcome, it, it's incredible, but it's, you know, I'm on summer vacation right now and have been for 
I guess since COVID, you know, so four <laughs> months almost. Yeah. And I'm still waking up at four o'clock, four thirty every morning, you know, mm-hmm. to get the the job done so I can give quality time to my children during the day mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's been a lot of hard work. Um and I think that that's critical. Mm-hmm. Um then we get to E is education. <laughs> And, and the, if you want something to work, this is part, and these aren't sequential. These are just things that you need to do for transformation. Sure. Education happens in the beginning. So you have to research, mm-hmm. find out what other people are doing. And I've, I've watched thousands of YouTube videos. I've listened to mm-hmm. thousands of podcast episodes to see what works and what doesn't. What mm-hmm. are kids asking for? And so I'm doing surveys with my own class, but with other students as well. Um, I'm doing a, a professional development summit here in a couple of weeks because a lot of people that started watching uh, virtual school assembly are teachers and, and um, superintendents who don't have professional development happening. So they asked for that. So we did some special sessions just for them. So the education piece is critical, learning what's happening in the market or what you're trying to transform and, and then making changes along the way and evolving with that. Hmm. And then we get to R and that's relationships. And, and you hmm. can't do transformations on your own, almost never. Um, it's really, really hard to, to do a transformation. We talked earlier about the the importance of accountability partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, you know, I've, I've actually gained a lot of friends through this process. I've had some people who have come on my show that we continue to talk from week to week. And um, I've met a lot of celebrities who have their own podcast and I'm connecting them with each other mm-hmm. and, and they're involving me. So now I'm part of mastermind groups and things like that because I'm associating with people who are elevating uh, my level. And so, you know, it's the you are a sum of the five people you spend the most time with or whatever, however that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm certainly seeing that with this transformation, with this uh, virtual school assembly, that as I associate with awesome people, they're connecting me with other awesome people and it's growing. And, and I think a lot of the success of the platform is creating awesome relationships with incredible people. Mm. That's great. And that gets us through. That's the whole thing. There you go. That's good. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, it just seems like such a timely idea with all that's going on in the world. And who knows how long it's going to last. I mean, we up here in Canada, we kind of look down <laughs> across the border right. at the Americans and they're like, oh, my goodness. You know, um, yeah. I happen to live in a in an area where um, the, the our, the it didn't get political. And people kind of followed what the local uh, medical officer was saying, and uh, they they managed to we managed to turn things around. Although there's a bit of an uptick now here too, and it's I I'm pretty sure it's because people are just getting out in the parks and not social distancing and all that kind right. of stuff. But, that's but it a whole is other incredible subject, because <laughs> I mean you're so close to Seattle, and such yeah. a difference between Vancouver and Seattle. So yeah, you guys um, are doing some things right up there. Yeah, I think there was one week where we had 30 cases and just across the border there was 350 cases or something right. like that right so whatever yeah <laughs> but the the my point was really timely idea and and regardless i think it regard i mean i think covid and what schools are going through and what educators are going through uh is really interesting right now <laughs> right and um but regardless of that it's or maybe covid and what we're going through will help is is going to add some oomph behind what you're doing, some energy behind what you're doing. Well, uh, I, but, I but really regardless think, of that, it's still a great idea, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're going to look back 10, 20 years from now, just like we did with 
our, our last recession and with other horrible things that have happened in the past. And we'll see that huge innovation took place because of COVID. I think we're going to see a lot of new businesses come out of this. I think yeah. a lot of businesses will be more efficient um, and manage their money better. And so I, I think there's going to be some really positive things. But as far as education goes, I think this is forcing teachers to be a little more innovative, to look more at problem-based learning instead of just teaching to the test. And I, I really think this is going to make a, a radically um, positive improvement in education globally. Yeah, cool. My brother-in-law and sister and their uh, daughter are all involved in education. So it's been really interesting watching their their journey with this thing. And yeah, mm-hmm. um, and and my niece is actually a new teacher. This was her first year teaching. Oh, wow. And she was teaching in Ethiopia. <laughs> And uh, I mean, talk about some major adjustments, but oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but she seems to have adjusted quite well, but really missed being in the classroom as well. You yeah, know, like, yeah, I, I have too. And thank goodness for for tools like Zoom. I, I had a lot of Zoom meetings with my students. We did an auction where I would be in the classroom and I'd have presents to give to them or whatever, and they bid on it. And I'm so grateful for technology to do that and to have hangouts and, and do little things because it was, I, you know, I'm an introvert. I could live in a room <laughs> by myself for forever, but yeah. I, I really missed my students. I miss seeing them. Yeah. Right on. Well, good, Tyler. Thank you so much for spending time with me today and for reaching out. I, uh, what, what we didn't mention was I flubbed up when I downloaded uh, our first interview, I somehow deleted it in the process and then <laughs> I didn't have the guts to reach out to you and say and tell you what was going on. I really should have. I've, I've, I've made flubs before and always did. I don't know why I didn't with you because it's such a perfect fit for Fuel Radio. Your story is such a perfect fit for Fuel Radio. But So I apologize again for that. But yeah, um, I, no, that's what... I appreciate you uh, showing some grace and, uh, and reaching out and, and, and connecting with me again. Yeah, well, it's my pleasure. I, I enjoy the show, and I think that's why I reached out. Is there there was a period where you you didn't do episodes for a while. There there was a, a period right. uh, without episodes, yeah. and then when it came back, I don't think I got right back into it. I like to queue up episodes and then binge listen. Um, I listen while I run, and so it oh, was yeah. probably a few months ago I started listening to the show again, and I was like, oh yeah, I really like the show. <laughs> I, I I wonder if my episode ever aired and so i went back and looked in the archives and i couldn't find it so that's when i reached out i was like i i'm pretty sure i did a show on on this channel but yeah um, yeah i'm glad i could get on again it's been a, a joy talking to you today right on thanks 